Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the Nightline Podcast. If you're interested in cars, car repair, music, fitness, technology, and more, this is the podcast for you. Interested in more of what's going on at Dubai Eye? Go to DubaiEye1038.com and search out our podcasts and blogs. Want to get in touch with me? Nightline at DubaiEye1038.ae. Enjoy the show. Glenn is here from GT Auto Center, which means for the next hour, we're repairing automobiles. It's that simple. If you've got something going on with your car, with your van, with your truck, with your SUV, with your UV, I don't know what you're driving. <laughs> something is not going right. You're wondering, you got a question, maybe you got an invoice sitting in front of you and you're not quite sure exactly what you got invoiced for, give us a call, give us an SMS, get on the Messenger app and get involved in the program. Uh, that's why we do it. Uh, welcome back, by the way. It's great to have you here. Yeah, good to be back. Um, a touch wood, no issues with the Wranglers this week. <laughs> That's a notable week on the calendar. Yeah, did put the win the, the plastic windows back in the convertible one. Oh, finally, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> plastic shrinks, you know. Yeah. yeah. How was that? <laughs> I, I used WD-40 on the zippers, <laughs> and everything is everything is fine. Oh, good. Everything is fine. Yeah. But uh, did did the uh, regular walk around on the coolants and stuff, making sure those were all good as as yep. one should do, and. Everything's fine, so I'm... Uh, AC good, now you got the windows back in. You know, AC is absolutely fantastic, and this is this is a big question people constantly ask about the soft-top Wranglers. Oh, mm. how's, how's the AC in that thing? It's, it's, I think because of the way the soft-top works, first of all, it's like driving in a tent, but yeah. that aside, <laughs> the, the, because there is enough air exchange, it never gets stifling hot in the vehicle, mm. and the air conditioning, because it's only a two-door, man, it just... It, it's it's like living in a in a in a cooler, so it's it's great. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. And you know, any time that it, it there's a little, te- you know, the other day actually, uh, this is this is a really good one. I thought my AC was packing it in my other vehicle. I'm in it with the wife, and and we're driving, and it's 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 just absolutely uh, hot. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what? How is this possible? And I'd had Imtishan in the day before. I was uh, ca- carpooling with him. So we were driving together. And, mm. you know, he doesn't like it so so cool in his vehicle. So he adjusted the temperature for the AC. And I'm, like, feeling all the vents going, <laughs> oh, man. And then I look down, and I see that it's almost on, like, you know, winter warm-up temperature. <laughs> Yeah, so he'd not told you that it adjusted it, and usually yeah. the AC had stopped working. I was getting really worried, and so that's a really uh, a great lesson, I thought, for a lot of people. Make sure, and I know you're thinking, James, no one is as thick oh, as no. you are. No, this happens. Check the thermostat yeah, yeah, to see if sure. someone's adjusted it. Yeah, you you think happens. it's cold, and it, no, it's not. This definitely happens, yeah. So, AC's yeah. not working, and then you find out it isn't switched on. <laughs> yeah. Happens. You see? Yeah. yeah. The the other thing, uh, you know, these my my vehicles are not the newest thing on the block, and so I wanted to get your take on this because a couple of people have suggested, you know, I think you need to get your uh, AC deodorized. Yep. And they said there's these bomb things you can put in your car, mm-hmm. and you just put it on, close the door, and I don't know what you do. And they said you should maybe think about that. And I said never heard of that, but I'm going to talk to Glenn. Mm. It's a good idea. Yeah. And uh, what are they? Just basically, it's an antibacterial. Um, Spray. It's in. It's in similar to a deodorant can that we okay. buy, and uh, you you press the cap on the top, and it will lock itself in the open position. And mm-hmm. then once it's expelled all the 
the chemical out of it, you can open the door and take it out and throw it away. And do I leave the Preferably vehicle running when you, when you yeah. put that stuff so in? So you need the AC to be running. You need the, the okay. system running on recirculation so it keeps that in. Yeah. Uh, you need ideally to take the filter out. The pollen filter should be removed, uh-huh. cabin filter removed, and then a new one put in afterwards. Otherwise, right. you're defeating the object. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it basically just gets into the evaporator. So as, as the AC is working, it's the evaporator which gets cold as the AC refrigerant changes state. And it goes from a liquid to a gas that requires heat so it takes all the heat out of the air and that air is the air that's passed over it so as that air gets then onto the passengers in the car that's cold because the heat has uh-huh. been removed so that evaporator is pretty much uh, the same as the radiator on the front of the car if right. you imagine the radiator on the front of the car it's just allowing air through it that's the same on the evaporator but because of the way AC works, because it gets so cold in there, condensation gets building up, we have a lot of dust, and when the air's on recirculation, there's sweat as well from people in the cars, it can get a bit gross yeah. with pet hairs and all sorts of things, so perfect breeding ground for bacteria. Mm. So these antibacterial cleaners are good, sometimes a little too, uh, sorry, sometimes they can be used and they're a little too little too late, Yeah. Okay. but... If you use them regularly, then uh, great mm. idea. And, and they're relatively inexpensive. You're talking sort of, well, with us, around 50 dirhams for one. Okay. And so they're, they're relatively inexpensive. If you're changing the pollen filter, which you should do regularly, especially with the the way it's been I dusted. I've never changed the pollen filter. I'm not sure you've got one, James. No, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not all cars have. Not all cars have, but... Uh, you're thinking if, a 10-year-old Wrangler? Probably doesn't If you If you're getting in there and changing the pollen filter, if you do yeah. have one, then you, it's worth adding on another 50 germs for, for doing that because mm. you have to take the pollen filter out to do it properly anyway. Okay. So, yeah, very good, worthwhile, and uh, you can get them in nice fragrances as well, so they'll make the car smell a little bit better inside. Oh, okay. yeah. well, so next time you're in getting a service, uh, talk to your mechanic and say, hey, do you think this is something I need? And if so, maybe just get it tacked on to your service. Yeah, I mean, that, that is one of those things, which is a, from a workshop's point of view, it is basically adding another 50 dirhams onto the invoice and it's very easy for a customer to look at it in that way and think well they just charge me 50 dirhams for nothing if if they can explain to you what the the reason they're doing it yeah. and why they're doing it and what it'll benefit and, and and everything else and how it's good for you and the vehicle and the system and everything associated with that then they can be trusted i'm sure if they can't and they just look yeah. at you blankly then they're obviously just adding it on for the sake of it so definitely ask the questions before you agree to it but it's cleaning mm. and so there's nothing wrong with that it, it's it can be quite toxic if you don't keep it clean there we go simple uh, we know that uh, bef- we will get a ramadan announcement before too long it has not happened yet mm. but uh, ramadan hour is kicking in at gt auto center yeah so uh everyone i'm sure most people at least know that during ramadan in the private sector we we have to work two hours less per day yeah. and that equates to our contracts are 48 hours as per the labor law so over a six-day week that's eight hours a day so if you take two we're doing six hours a day mm. um so are you knocking it off in the morning at night or is the garage staying open it the same tends to time? be an awkward one uh, i've done it every which way uh when i first came over to the country we i worked on and we did basically we just did a shorter day started okay. at the same time in the morning and just went for a little less yeah. uh, through the through the day closed early um, I've also been part of 
split shifts so you split morning and evening shift it's a bit strange because the evening one's weird obviously people have to rest yeah they're not out and about in their cars most people are finishing work early and going home and then they're getting prepared for iftar evening prayers breaking their fast with family so it can be a weird one the the ones the weird one being getting getting the workshop customers. hours yeah, yeah yeah so it's, it's difficult for customers and also what we find is our part suppliers will do oh the, yeah our okay. part suppliers tend to be one o'clock okay they'll do seven till one so and if the car comes in at two o'clock and you need parts and you don't have we'll them have to wait head. till even to get a price till the morning unless uh, we've priced one up that day or yeah recently so it can be a struggle it, some places open late, so they'll sort of open after iftar until yeah. the early hours, but it's it's not something that we can do under our trade license. So okay. uh, we will be working shorter hours. How we accommodate that tends to be just going with it and see how it develops mm. across the month. So keep that in mind with your car maintenance and car repairs that there will be some staggered timings. Yeah. And, uh, uh, that could be something. Yeah, one-day repair sometimes tends to take two. Yeah. yeah. If you're wondering what you've tuned into, by the way, this is the Car Clinic. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. you got questions about your auto maintenance, things that are going on with your vehicle. Why not get in touch? I bet you we can help you sort things out. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. This is the Car Clinic. Um, here's a great one about tires. Mm. And uh, it goes on to say, I recently changed the tires on my Kia Optima. I love those Kia Optimas. Yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> just, car. Just, nice just, car. They just work. Yeah. They're, they're really the workhorse. Uh, went from Nexons to Bridgestones. I think, wow, that's that's a nice jump. Bridgestones, great tire. Uh, not that Nexons aren't a good tire, but it's you know they're Bridgestones are more established brand, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. However, I find myself uh, needing air more often as the tires seem to get flat faster. Is Bridgestone a recommended tire, or what do you think might be going on there? Well, I mean, it's, it's very unlikely to be that the tire brand is causing a, a yeah. leak. Uh, the, the first and foremost, the, the most important thing is to make sure that when the tires were changed, that the valves were also changed. It could be a leak on the valves. Well, that that, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Maybe yeah. they're not in uh, tight enough, yeah. or like you said, maybe they're old valves. Some people don't change them to sake, for the sake of saving five dirhams and... 30 seconds yeah. people for whatever reason in these tire shops you, you hear about it and see it I've seen it where they don't cut the old valve out and pull a new one through so really yeah so that could be the problem uh, it could also be that they've perhaps not sealed the tire the new tire onto the rim properly so when they've taken the old tire off it's a good idea to rub around the rim and clean it mm. just especially on, on uh, alloy wheels uh, which probably has on the Optima just just a rough bit of sandpaper and just clean it make sure it seats properly and mm. then uh, that could be something else worth worth looking at so these are the basic things to look at just it, it could be just a matter of the, the fitting wasn't done properly yeah. it's very very unlikely that just because they're Bridgestone tires that they leak because yeah. that, that's yeah, not that's the case no. yeah. uh, easy test for this soapy water yeah. sponge Put around, go around the rim, go on to the valve. If yep. you see a little bubbling, you know, oh, okay, got an so issue. If you've got the spare wheel kit and you can safely get the wheels off one by one, then lay it down on its on its back, face Even up, better. and then get in there with soapy water. Yeah. Get around the valve, and that, that's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, the other option, take them back and yeah. just say, hey, there seems to be an issue. Guys. Something's going on here, guys. This is unusual. Yes, uh, no, it is unusual. It shouldn't happen like that. So there we go. Easy. Uh, let, let us know how you make out with that, by the way. But uh, great tires. Mm. Another question has come through. Uh, when is the best time to check the oil on my vehicle? When the car is hot or cold? So you should check it when it's cold. 
first yeah. and foremost for safety reasons. Uh, oh, yeah, you pull out that dipstick when they're hot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what do you do? You put your hand on the dipstick. Whoa! Yeah, that's it. And and the amount of times you know you you get under there, and if you just turn the engine off, sometimes the fans are still running. Right. You put your hand down there, and the fans are still moving. So these these are things to worry about as well. Um, when it's cold, the oil's had a chance to settle down into the bottom of the engine, into the sump. You get a, a true reading. And you in get a sense. more true reading in it. Now there are a few things to bear in mind. Firstly, that oil, like most liquids, will expand when it's hot. So it should really be at operating temperature on the full mark. If it's on the full mark at cold, it's going to go over that when it's hot. Mm. So that's not ideal. Uh, so they're, they're, these are all these will be explained in owners' manuals. But just if it's if it's in the range of minimum to maximum when it's cold, then that's that's fine. Mm. And then. Uh, Second thing to note is that mm, most cars made now don't have dipsticks. That's it. That's another side. Like you, yeah. you are relying on the the uh, computer system. Yeah. So there are some that. I don't know are, if I like that idea. I mean, I'm driving old things, so I yeah. I have dipsticks, but it's nice to have a manual mechanical. Yeah. Like there's no way option. that you can check the oil manually. Some of the vehicles that have the electronic oil level sensors will also have effectively an old dipstick tube that's yeah. just capped off okay so you can then in, in the manufacturers workshops they, they have dipsticks for that engine that they can then use to get a mechanical reading the reason they have to do that uh and let, there's there's two cars i can name now i won't obviously but i could that are very difficult to check oil levels so when you change the oil and filter you need to drive them for 15 plus kilometers uh, yeah. Which isn't ideal, especially if the customer's waiting in the office. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you you're, out, you're out doing the drive-through at McDonald's. Right. And <laughs> you go <do> 15 <laughs> kilometers at five o'clock in the evening in Alcoos. Yeah. That's impossible. <laughs> so um, see you in an hour. That's right. <laughs> so you, you've got that to do. Then after you've done that, you've got to then let it settle for five or ten minutes, and yeah. it's very, very difficult. And then if let's say it tells you to add another half a liter, if you add another half a liter. You then have to decide whether you can trust that or not. Uh-huh. Do you drive it again or do you just trust it? And I've seen cars and customers' cars that come back yeah. because we've done the oil change, we've set the oil level, we've driven it, and it's said add or reduce or whatever it may have said, and we've done that, and then the customers come back with the warning light saying the right. oil's too high or too low. So this does happen. It's one of those things where it takes a lot more time. Mm. Glenn here from GTOS Auto Center, by the way. This is the Car Clinic. My name's James Pikeway. You're listening to Nightline. We're answering your car repair questions. It's that simple. Um, here's a, a great one. Uh, Glenn, noticed white smoke coming out of my car this afternoon. Suggestions on what I'm looking at? You shouldn't be getting any smoke coming out of your car today. No, no smoke at all. White uh, smoke. Though. White smoke's not great. White smoke normally would point to the engine consuming coolant. Oh, dear. Uh, if it's consuming coolant... Obviously, we have to think about where it's coming from, mm-hmm. and uh, an internal coolant leak on the engine is, at very best, an issue with with a head gasket or gaskets, depending on if it's a V or yeah. single engine. So that's the first thing to worry about, and uh, more serious than that, it's a, a, an issue with the engine itself. You could coolant, be a, if it's burning coolant, that is not good. No, you've got an internal engine issue, so yeah. that's time it's to stop driving things. it. At the moment, if you have an issue with a head gasket, that's fine. What, what you need to worry about is when you switch that engine off, if it continues to leak as the pressure is built up in the cooling system, so it will leak into the engine, to the, into the cylinders, if you then have a leak on a cylinder that is on the start of its compression stroke, when you then start the engine to crank it, it can 
what we call hydraulic. So that liquid coolant that's in that cylinder can then basically damage the engine as you try and turn it over and then you have a huge issue you've got mechanical problems mm. with the engine with bent valves damaged pistons damaged connecting rods things like that so at the very best you you need to get it into the workshop uh, as soon as possible not driven and let them check it uh, you can confirm that it's coolant by the smell of it it will smell quite sweet if it is coolant, uh, if you haven't got much coolant additive in, in your system and you're just running on water, it'll still be a similar colour white smoke because obviously it's steam. Yeah. But you just won't necessarily get the smell. So it's best to get it in and get it checked. Relatively easy for a workshop to check that. And uh, they'll, they'll probably just do a chemical test which will check for carbon dioxide in the cooling system. So if you've got exhaust gases, if, you, if water can get into the engine, obviously the engine exhaust gases can get back into the cooling system because that's under a lot of pressure if if that's the case then they'll know for sure otherwise they'll take the spark plugs out and check inside the cylinders with the engine off obviously whether there's water going in there if you're burning oil it's more of a blue greenish smoke right typically it's more blue yeah that's right i haven't seen too many cars burning oil these days i'm not not that they're not but it seems to me the vintage cars I drive, that used to be pretty common, and I, I just don't see it anymore. Yeah, it, it's, engines are obviously a lot lot better, a lot more refined. The materials, the oils as well, yeah. are a lot better. But there's things like catalytic converters which catch the first few hundred miles of any mm. blue or black smoke, which you then end up finding out about an issue with burning oil normally some because the engine lights on because the catalytic converters fouled. Yeah. So that that tends to be the one of the warning signs these days. But, yeah, it was certainly more common. There we go. Uh, another great question that's come through. Uh, my steering wheel has a lot of play. It seems to turn a fair whack before the wheels turn, and this has happened recently. Any idea what might be going on? Okay, so if you're turning the wheel a lot before the actual wheels on the on the on the car move, then yes, you have free play in the steering. This is something that oh, will free be play. Free play is the word. Okay, yeah. okay, gotta write this down. So you'll get free play, and and that's something that will be checked by the RTA on the test every year. Uh, it's obviously dangerous. You you need how, to. How much free play do they allow? You know, I. It's I, one of those where it's almost at the discretion of the tester. Okay. I'm sure they have directives, and I'm sure it will change. So obviously, for a 1940 model vehicle to a 2018 model vehicle totally worlds apart from a steering box to steering racks again differences are there so the the way the system is set up and what type of system and how old or how new it is then will will, will be differences but free play can come from any component it could be that the steering column itself is worn out it could be that the steering gear the steering oh, rack oh, or box I, I is worn out got a quick question how long does a steering column last don't th- aren't those kind of things indefinite <sighs> They no. can be, but right. again, with our dusty climate, they are mm. greased, and if you get a lot of grease that attracts a lot of sand and dust mm. that turns into a grinding paste, then they wear out. Uh, it tends to be more the desert vehicles if you go doom bashing, and then they'll have a lot of impact, especially if you're holding onto the wheel as you hit. <laughs> so they uh, they tend to wear out a lot quicker than, than you would expect. Uh, but free so play can come from a number of places even tires even the wrong size tires can give you this issue because what happens is the tires flex before the wheel will turn and uh, you'll you'll get a lot of issues with with that so it will feel like f- free play yeah. what the wheels and the rack and the steering gear are all turning but the tires aren't moving because they're sticky they're stuck to the road and they're flexing before they then is that common move. it happens again with off-road vehicles when they go oversized for for good off-road performance you yeah. see that hmm. okay so free play 
something you, if you're concerned about it, and it especially if it's just developed. Yeah, if it's just developed, it needs to be something you checked again because there's sometimes, if it's if it's wear on a component, it happens slowly and over time. Right. So it's it's something which you is might a problem because you might you you might just get accustomed to exactly, it yeah. until someone else gets in your car and goes, yeah. what's going on so with this thing? Yours drives the car, or yeah. your husband or wife drives the car, and yeah. then they'll say. Something not right with this. This is not my like my car. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that, that's the thing. So always always check it. It's something we check on a service when we service a car because mm. of that thing. Same as wheel bearings. They they develop over a, a short amount of time or a long amount of time. But they, whatever happens is you get used to that development and then you don't necessarily notice the issue. So mm. getting it checked is is a definitely number one priority. Is that is that a a long process or is that a pretty easy one to relatively easy you've got you go from the wheels and inwards so when you got underneath the car you've got it on a on a four post lift so the, the wheels are loaded on on the ground you're just standing under it and uh, someone will be in the car moving the steering okay. to the play limit and you'll be just checking which components may or may not be moving so you'll if you see that the rack is moving but the wheels are not then you'll move away and outwards back towards the wheel and you'll probably find it to be normally something like a tire at end or a steering yeah. arm. Okay, easy. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. If you got questions about your vehicle, this is the program to join in and get involved with. So here's a question. It's, uh, and it comes through. It says, hello. Uh, hello back. Hello. I love it when people say hello. You know, it's polite. You ever just say hello to random people? Mm. No. Yeah, I do. I get these, I, usually at, at the university. So, you know, I spend the days at Zide University, and as much as I want to say that I know everybody, I don't. <laughs> and so I'll just be walking by students, they'll say hello, and they don't say hello back. So I, I stop, and I say, uh, excuse me, <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> and they're going, no, I don't. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the, back to the hello question here. Is nitrogen air as good, or is nitrogen air good for tires so this is putting nitrogen instead of air yeah there's a trick to this yeah so the first thing to bear in mind is let's let's move on to whether it's good or worth it or not the first thing to bear in mind is it has to be filled in the right way so you have to vac out and vacuum the tire that is on the rim before you fill it with air and it's a very specialist process that requires the right kind of nitrogen filling station if someone just has a bottle of nitrogen in their workshop (laughs) and they charge you 50 dirhams a tire for nitrogen they're they're taking your money taking your money for nothing because there's air in the tire that they're filling it into unless it's been vacuumed they have to take it all out has to have a proper nitrogen filling station and you you ask them say can i see that it's a a zero or a negative pressure inside the tire before you then fill it with nitrogen so that's the first thing to remember whether it's worth it or not for me for road cars it isn't the reason I say that is because you have to pay extra for it. You guys do sell nitrogen at your garage, though. We will fill tires with nitrogen on request, okay. but we won't recommend it. Okay. And the reason for that is if you are then out on the road and you get a puncture or you notice in the morning when you're at home your tires are flat, yeah. you then have to fill them up with air and then it's been a complete waste of time and you've got to go and pay for it all again to be done again. That argument... It's, it may seem counterintuitive, but it, it's just the way it is. You know, we, I like to be straightforward about car maintenance. The reason we use nitrogen is is that it doesn't react to temperature as much as air, and also air has humidity in it, which isn't great for wheels and tyres. Nitrogen is pure nitrogen, so there's no humidity. It's all gas. So there are benefits to it, but it, it's really for race car drivers. Yeah. Uh, if you're on a racetrack and tire temperatures are going extreme and you need to maintain a, a stable tire pressure obviously nitrogen is is going to give you a huge benefit in the corners and and, and braking but yeah. on the road 
for me it's unnecessary i understand the reason for it and i understand the benefits of it but it's unnecessary and when you should be checking your tire pressures once mm. a week at least mm. every time you pop that valve and put the gauge on there it's going to decrease some of that air pressure mm. and then you can well you're going to fill it back up with so there we go yeah Glenn joining us, by the way, from GT Auto Center. This is the Car Clinic. My name's James Pikeway. You're listening to Nightline. Uh, we got another tire question. Now, this is, tires are science. Oh, and yeah. And every company, while they're made of rubber, and they will have, you know, a bead in there, and they will have uh, metal and all sorts of stuff, the components and the mix for that rubber can all be different. The tread design are always different. There are so many variables that go into tires that when you start changing them, they have a lot of different effects on your vehicle. Yep. Not only from steering, but from what this message is going to talk about, uh, and this is Suhail, is sound. And so we, let's let's read through the messages. I went uh, I went with Dunlops. They uh, and you know five hundred fifty dirhams yeah. per tire. So that's a a decent uh, spend instead of the Michelins that are recommended for my vehicle, which is uh, a Boxster, and the Michelins are uh, 1150 each. You know, I, I feel the pain there. Yeah. I, I think I spent 1150 for all the tires on my car. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's all eight. And that's ten, five so tires. Ten. Yeah, you got two. That's ten tires. <laughs> um, the drive is significantly louder. But apparently, it's the exact same spec and size. Why the noise? Yeah. There we go. We answered it. But Well, there are countless people that I deal with for tires, obviously. And without naming any brands, you may or may not have named some. There are certain tires which I won't recommend for certain vehicles, knowing that they'll be noisy. Yeah. And some tires are just loud tires. And it's down to tread pattern. Yeah. So it's it's almost like saying, you know, you've, you've got a, a pair of shoes... And another pair of shoes. They're both the same size, but when you walk on the ground and one of them they squeak and on the other the other don't. That's just the way it is. It's yeah. tread pattern. It's the way they are interact and contact the road. Yeah. So mm. certain tires are noisier than others. And, and most tire shops, good ones, if you're going to a name brand, they can tell you which ones are noisy. Like they, they know. should do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's a it's a common issue where again a bit like with the. AC cleaner that we mentioned at the start for yeah. for me to recommend someone in this instance let's take it as an example not to go with the Dunlops at 550 and go with the Michelin's at 1150 yeah. each because the Dunlops are noisy again using the message as an yeah, example exactly we're using this um, if that was my conversation it just it, it's very easy for someone and I understand exactly why they would think I was just trying to get another 2,500 yeah. dirhams out of them. But in this case, on this particular vehicle, with the, the once they're tires. once they're fitted, and you then realise that what we were saying was was right, it's too yeah. late because you can't get them back. You've got to then change them again. Yeah. Certain tires or put up with the noise. Exactly. So certain tires on certain vehicles are noisier, and yeah. look, manufacturers and tire companies and that that sorry, manufacturers of tires and cars spend weeks, months, yeah. even years developing tires for new models. I, I I've seen. Tire development for some of the Volkswagen branded cars that, that we used to work on, uh, the best one being the Veyron. Uh, I mean, yeah. the, the work that went into that, obviously, as a special car, was ridiculous on the tire development. And, and it's all right, that's the top end of the of the range, but for any vehicle, this Porsche Boxster, you know, yeah. they, they will have had thousands, if not millions, of euros in developing tires yeah. for that car. And the reason is. They look at friction, they look at performance, they're aging, and they look at noise. Noise. And noise is a big one. Yeah. 
So, yeah, um, there you go. It's different companies. Tires interact differently yeah. with the road. But it's not to say that just because the Dunlops are half the price, they're yeah. half the tire. No. But well, they're great tires. obviously Michelin, being the recommended one for the for the vehicle, can command a higher price because they are recognized by the manufacturer. So you could probably find some tires at the same size, same price as the Dunlops that wouldn't be noisy. And you could probably find some that the same price as the Michelins that would be noisy. I'd like to hear so. what, he, what what the reaction is if you put some Nexums on there. There's Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, okay. Nexum you would expect. If, if they're doing them in that size, which they probably do, on a Boxster you're probably going to find them about the same sort of price as the Dunlop, maybe even less. I'll so a lot less. There are options. There are options. Yeah. But um, anyway. the, the people should be able to advise you. I wonder um, how long he's had. You know, the, the, so the, the, the follow-up question is how long you had the tires on the car. Yeah. And it, only because I'm wondering how long you're going to have to live with that noise. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember the, the tires that came on my Wrangler were the loudest tires. Uh, they were Wrangler tires, so uh, yeah. it, it, just the loudest tires. And I remember when I changed them out because I couldn't find that size of tire, and they, I, I just didn't want to go back to the, the agency mm. and buy the tires from them. So I you know, put on another brand. And it was like I'm suddenly driving a Rolls Royce. Yeah. <laughs> There's like no noise, and I'm going... <laughs> Where's the noise? Yeah, well, how, how many times have you been on the road and you think, what's that noise? Yeah. Something wrong with my car, and it's been a Wrangler coming up behind you with yeah. big Mickey Thompson wheels <laughs> yeah. and tyres on it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so. speak, speaking of coming up on a vehicle and noise, coming up on a, uh, a Hayek, a Hayek the, this evening on the mm. way into the studio, and this thing, the guy wasn't over-revving it, <laughs> but it was the most screeching... Just metal on metal, high-pitched sound coming out of the back end of that thing. Oh. What do you think was going on there? While he was moving or breaking? Oh, no. Or? I, I passed him doing, you know, my 95 oh, so kilometers an hour. At this point. No, no. He was maybe doing 100 kilometers an hour if, if we're lucky. Yeah. But and it was, I mean, the guys who were inside of it must have had their fingers in their ears because it was loud on the outside. Well, he's either dragging something underneath there or he's, he's got like an it. issue on his drive belt. Because oh. don't forget, the engine's kind of in the middle of that yeah. thing. Yeah. So. It was so the noise to the back. It was a huge. I mean, it was just like, ee! oh, it was terrible. They're, they're like, um, like I don't know how he couldn't hear it, but uh, it seemed to me like maybe they're not well insulated inside for sound. Yeah. So maybe like had say. to pedal to the metal and thought I got to make the, I got to get these guys home <laughs> who's driving or get them to their yeah. their workplace. Yeah, and they'll be limited to 100 kilometers an hour as well. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he's going to be at the the limit of his speed there. So yeah, it sounds like something on the drive belt, but yeah. oh. okay. Uh, the question that's come in, and maybe rhetorical, which engine can reach a thousand horsepower? Well, depends who you talk to, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess some of these sports cars. But yeah. it, you know, we got lots of talk of these vehicles being developed. Well, I've I've seen a, a 1.4 twin charge Volkswagen engine at 360 horsepower. Hmm. That's a 1.4. You struggle to get that out of some V8s. Yeah. Five, six litre plus V8s. So it's all down to tuning now, especially with the developments in mm. software and fuel delivery. So 1,000 horsepower, again, we mentioned it before, the Veyron, 1,001 horsepower, that's that's over, what's that now, 14 years ago? Yeah. And it's, so, it's gone upwards of that, the, the new GTR Nissan yeah. easily oh, goes over 1,000 go. horsepower. So the big issue is the entire vehicle has to be geared for that. So the brakes, yeah. the suspension, yeah, the, tires, the tires. tires. I wonder what tires they're putting on brakes. something like that. Uh, everything and uh, also you need to think about if you're thinking of getting your vehicle over a thousand horsepower and I've seen, drive it? I mean I've seen some crazy vehicles come out of uh, the um, Al Gandhi place in okay. Rasalcourt 
Yeah, so they'll take the new vehicles and they do the the factory approved tuning and stuff like that. And you think, <laughs> wow, like seven eight hundred horsepower without trying. Yeah. But something to bear in mind is that that vehicle is no longer going to be good for service every 15,000 kilometers. Oh, yes. That's drinking a lot more fuel. It's getting through a lot more of everything. So that, yeah. that's going to be wanting servicing every seven or eight. So, mm. yeah. But getting an engine to 1,000 horsepower these days is... It's all tuning. All tuning, and it's relatively common, isn't it? Okay. Uh, Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. This is the Car Clinic. you got some issues with your vehicle. Why not get in touch? Car Clinic is the program. We're talking about cars. We're fixing them, actually. Glenn joining us from GT Auto Center. He does that every week at this time. My name's James Pikeaway. Uh, Sue Hills come back, says, thanks, guys. Uh, brilliant. It's just about 10 months on the Boxster that I've had these tires. Cheap uh, putting on the, the cheaping I'm putting on the Boxster. I just spent almost 20000 for the right tires for my... Uh, LP550. Yeah, well, you've got to put that kind of money on a Lambo. No more saving bucks on tires. Great show. You see, well, there you go. Yeah. It's like he knew. He knew. Yeah. I mean, 20K is not a pretty amount of money to, to, to put. Tires? But it's a Lamborghini. 20,000 Durhams for tires. Yeah, it's wow. a Lamborghini. Wow. Wow. That's all I can say. I say congratulations. You've done the right thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I obviously did. gutted for you with the noise on the Boxster. Yeah, but you got to do what you got to do. You got other noises on the yeah. Lamborghini, so <laughs> even if the tires might be noisy, <laughs> the tires could be noisy on the Lambo. Yeah, well, okay, threw me for a loop there. Yeah. I, I'm still, I'm still trying to digest that. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's uh, like I, I'm complaining at a thousand Durham's for tires. It's got yeah. nineteen thousand more on me. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Hey, it's a Lambo. Yeah, it's a Lambo. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Meneers come through on the Messenger app. Congratulations. Yeah, it's a way to do it, you see. Uh, question is, how expensive is it to maintain a used VW Touareg? You can get a good deal for about 60000 for a 2012-13 model, but is it worth it? You have talking to the right guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, rose-tinted spectacles, maybe. Obviously, a uh, big fan, but that's a great car. And yes, you can get good deals on them. They're, they're just falling out of the warranty, so the price drops a little bit more at that time. Uh, maintenance is relatively cheap, as long as it's regular. Yeah. And, uh, and if it's been well maintained. And yeah, because at 2013 even, it's it's five years old. So if, it, if it's missed a service or two, or there's been other things that have been avoided or maybe scrimped on over those five years that weren't covered in the standard service plan or, or, or under the warranty, then that's something that could come back to haunt you. Yeah. But great car. And uh, your, if you do buy one, get it checked out, regardless of it being a Touareg or any other car, get it checked out before yeah. you buy it. And that way you can then see what's maybe wrong with it. Use that to either negotiate or run away from the deal um, I, I like that you, you, once you've got it you go for that check yeah you can just say you know as much as i love this vehicle yeah i gotta walk away from that's it. right yeah and and then also you know or negotiate and say yeah i'm, I'm gonna have to walk away unless we drop this yeah. by ten thousand that's it and if if you get a it's not like you're going to be getting the money off because you're probably going to negotiate ten thousand off because you're going to put yeah. ten thousand in but yeah. it saves the owner having to do it and and you then know that it's done and the other thing about those checks, what people tend to forget about, is if you do then decide that you're going to buy the car, don't do that without 
the follow-up of the check so then sitting down with someone like myself or whoever it is that you take the car to and saying look how much is this going to cost like you say like you've asked us now what's the service going to typically be for us if we were to keep it ballpark for a minor service you'd probably pay about 900 dirhams for a major service you might pay 12 to 2000 so 1200 to 2000 dirhams depending on what's required on it at, at which service interval it, it falls on but sit down get that all down don't forget tires that we've just mentioned brakes all the regular stuff so extra things like transmission oils uh, all the extra filters on the engine all the basics just try and figure out then what it's going to cost you over the next three to four years or however long you think you're going to own it and then you'll really know exactly what you're going to pay for that car and it's much easier to budget and manage mm. there we go yeah, yeah, I think we've answered that question. Mm. We got another one that's coming from Roshan, and actually, I, as I was reading this, <laughs> I just, I just kept thinking of Joey from Friends. <laughs> See if you don't think the same thing. So, uh, I can just imagine. I'm gonna close my eyes while you read it. Yeah, well, I, then I have to do the voice. <laughs> he says, uh, "Hi, Glenn and James. How are you guys doing? <laughs> How are you doing?" I don't think he's hitting on us. <laughs> no, it's not working. Is it? <laughs> so, but you get the sense. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. This is Roshan here. I was wondering what the typical lifetime is for tires in terms of kilometers. So I guess this also depends on the tires. But yeah. mine have been driven for a little over 51,000 kilometers. I don't feel any difference in grip, but the car does seem a little noisier. 51,000 mm. Ks, that's pretty good. That's good, especially in a hot climate. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and How many years is that? Or is, or is this like a commuter car between you know, Iraq and, and Abu Dhabi? Yeah, if you're doing the length of the country every day, you'll wrap those up with relatively little friction, so they won't yeah. wear out. Um, they will get noisy. They'll start to wear. Typically, yeah. they wear on the inside edge, which then gives you a bit more noise. And uh, it, it wears unevenly, so that that's where the noise comes from. But 51,000 kilometers, it, I, I think you would be You're probably getting doing, up there. You'd be doing well to get more than 60, I would think, on tip on normal tread. But there are very hard wearing treads, which aren't ideal um, for other reasons. But they they are out there, and, and if if the if they are, then you may get above the 60,000 kilometers. But it's probably time, if, you know, you've. You're noticing, which is great, that you've done that sort of kilometers mm. on the tires. You're also noticing that there's a noise developing, so, so at cool. least getting them checked. They're all signs. Yeah, so at least getting them checked and making sure they're okay. Uh, and have they gone over that sort of magic three-year mark? If they have, then it's it's probably good to change them regardless. Yeah. And I wonder if this is on his Lambo. <laughs> yeah. That might be why he's asking because yeah. he's going 51,000k. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to get 51,000 out of a Lambo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Roshan, let us know what's going on with those tires. Yeah, but I would get them checked properly. Yeah, there we go. Okay, here's a great question that's come through. Where can uh, where can I get a second-hand catalytic converter for a 2009 BMW 323i? And any idea how much something like that would cost? You just raised your eyebrow. Second-hand catalytic yeah. converter. Well, I'm sure you can get one if there's been a 323i in a in an accident somewhere that's that's had a big front or rear end accident that's written off. Then I'm sure the catalytic converters lying around, Charger or Sajar industrial areas, they'll they'll have them there. You've got to find it. You've also got to make sure that the one you buy is the right one because they're probably not going to be that happy about you taking it back if they've taken it off the car for you. Mm-hmm. And they'll be quite straight with you and say if it's not right don't it's bring yours. it back you know yeah. we're asking you now is it right before you take it so, so many issues behind some of these used things especially if it's been in a good smash because there might be some yeah, cracks in that thing right. and I just get worried so this is the way if it's been stored I've seen exhaust because of the shape and size of them they, they tend to be stored upright uh, so rain and dust goes in and fills them up yeah. so they're not great it's, critters it's, it's not a good idea to 
to go for a second hand yeah. option on that, but, but I understand why you're asking because yes. that thing's going to be 5,000 dirhams plus. And what, what, what do you think you get for a second hand one from the wreckers? They know what the new ones cost, they're probably going to charge you half of it. Yeah. So you're making a good saving but still paying a lot of money yeah. for something that until you fit it, you don't necessarily know it's going to be any good or not. It's yeah. like the tire issue. You know, you might you might get a, a good deal and then realize you got to buy a new one. Yeah. After. Yeah, that's right. So uh, what might be an option on that, rather if if it's it's simply just price, it might not be price. It might be unfair yeah. to make that assumption. It could be that yeah. it's not available. Three two threes aren't that common. It could be that the part isn't available in the country and you just don't want to wait for 21 days or plus yeah. for the order. If that's the case, then it may be an option to look at a an approved aftermarket oh, okay. or approved OE yeah. supplier and uh, you might find that you could get one of those shipped in from one of those or there may be people in the country that can that yeah. can stop those for you and, and, and get them fitted on there and that might be the answer to your problems and I would think unless you go crazy performance then you will probably find that that'll be cheaper than the original one anyway so mm, okay yeah. Glenn um, you can be found at GT Auto Center I appreciate you coming in every week at this time to help fix cars on the air Pleasure. as everyone else is saying as well thanks for all the SMS messages by the way and uh, we'll do it all again next week yep. same place same time really appreciate it see you next you. week